Yeah, Jeff, I've been sitting in a real estate class pretty much all week, and uh, I think my brain's fried. Just are, are you done? You know. are you no, I'm not, no, I'm not done. I got like, I've got some uh, Zoom classes and some more live classes. I'm, I'm like way over the. You still have live class? We used to have live CE classes, but all of our stuff is online now. No, no, all of ours years. is. No, we, I did three classes this week. That we all need to get up to speed then. Well, they they still do a online. lot of it. They they were doing them all Zoom until recently. But. That's one of the things I'm looking forward to someday when I retire. No more continuing. Thank education. you for listening to yeah. the Fields Brothers well, hear Show. That. I'm Roger Fields here with Jeff. We're in Central Kentucky at uh, Moonlight Fields event venue, what we call the Man Cave, and we use that because it's got a big table here. We can spread out our notes and our sound system here, or our podcast machine, I should say. We don't have to set and, up and tear uh, down every week since yeah, it's not wedding yeah, season. Wedding and then when wedding season, season yeah. starts, we have to yeah. put all these microphones. Yeah, it's or, a little tougher then. And everything back and forth every so week. Anyway, so anyway, we're recovering pastors, and we talk about the big stuff God has done for us rather than the little stuff we need to do for God. And this is unfiltered grace in a time of mixed grace. And we just try to help people understand the grace of God in the face of religious ambiguity. We just try to bring clarity um, to the gospel. So it, the gospel is great news. I mean, it's incredibly great news. And just try to clarify that for people so that people can just get a hold of that. I still, I, mean, I still, one of my favorite quotes of all time is still Andrew Farley, you know, the wages of, of sin is death. Jesus died. Do the math and celebrate. Woo-hoo. And uh, I just think that's, I wish I had said that, but it, I didn't. Andrew Farley said it. You know, I heard just this past week, I heard, um, once they're listening to a YouTube, uh, Clark Whitten, we've quoted him before, yeah. co- quoted him fairly yeah, recently. Orlando, right? Pastor yes, in Orlando. Orlando. He's kind of yeah. semi-retired now, but I just right. love his delivery and all this. But he pointed out, you know, it reminded he I I heard him share kind of his journey of how he came to an awakening of grace. You know, mm-hmm. he didn't grow up with that, and he was already preaching and all this. And it you know, came, came over time, which it normally does for people. But one verse that really, I mean, and I've heard him do this two different times. And both times, there was one specific verse that was really kind of an eye-opener for him. And it's ironic because this is the verse that a lot of people get tripped up on. Mm-hmm. But he was reading First John 1, 9. And so he had already been thinking along. He and another guy had already been talking through some of this. And he just reads First John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know, when you just take that at face value... Mm-hmm. I mean, that just overwhelmed him. I mean, it was like the grace of God overwhelmed him that he knew. I mean, he knew he had confessed his sin. It was like he saw all of a sudden all of his sin forgiven. Yeah. Been made righteous. Yeah, he saw that as something that happened when he came to the Lord. Yes. Not something that was a repetitive thing right. where he had to redo right. that every, yeah. Which, you know, it's it's not, you know, you only read it as repetitive if you've been taught to right, read it that right, way. Right, right. And it's been cast right. that way. But see, And it just overwhelmed him. So, I mean, that that's a great reminder if we confess our sins. And so it's talking about a, a, an initial opening of the heart uh, to Christ. If we confess our sins, he is faithful yeah. and just to yeah. forgive us our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Yeah. And he saw, and then we've talked about this before. I mean, that is the front porch, the front door, front porch, whatever, of, of the house of grace, of yeah. seeing that we are totally forgiven all of our sin, past, present, future for that. But that was really like the way he put that. Hey, let me change the subject for you a little bit and do something a little more lighthearted. Um, I guess you know what happens in Kentucky. Now, in Florida, when it gets cold, what happens? You know what 
you know, iguanas. I think I know where out. you're going. You know what this. I'm going with this. Yeah, I, I saw this on the news. Now in Kentucky, we don't have iguanas that fall out of our trees. What do we have, Jeff? Go ahead and tell buzzards. us. Buzzards. Buzzards fall out of trees. <laughs> the wings get frozen. I don't know if this happens in other states, but it happens in Kentucky. The buzzards can't fly. And rather than just sit there on the limb, for some reason, they fall off onto the ground. And you know what they do to them? They, they come pick them up like animal control yeah, people. Yeah, I saw that they spent like 30 up. different buzzards that yeah. they treated. And they thaw them out. And yeah. they take them and thaw them out. When they get thawed out, then they release them again. But I guess it's helpful to have buzzards. I mean, we kind of think of a buzzard as kind of a dirty bird. Yeah, but they I guess do serve they, a purpose. But in they the... serve a pretty good purpose. I mean, a lot of dead stuff needs to be taken away, and a buzzards handle that. So, And we can't have, be having our buzzards frozen up and falling on the ground. Those so. things are scary looking. Have you ever seen a picture of one up front? I mean, yeah, those they things are pretty are, weird those looking. Those things are yeah. pretty uh, So really welcome to looking. Kentucky. Our buzzards get frozen and fall to the ground. The uh, I meant to bring this up a few weeks ago. I forgot. I've got a, a new app on my phone, and I'm gonna, I want to ask you if you have it on your phone i'm going to be sorely disappointed in you if you do not already have this app on <laughs> I your might phone. not even know if i have it on my phone but go ahead the cracker barrel app do you have the cracker barrel app on your phone well yeah i can check i might actually they have you can pay at the table at cracker barrel did you know that now with your app oh no i didn't know that you've never done that no it's i was at your cracker barrel yeah i have the cracker barrel app yes i do jeff i have okay. the cracker barrel app have you, you ever you paid could... for your meal through the app at your table um no. Well, I haven't either, but I'm. I go to the, so you to. don't have to go to the cash register and do all that? If, really? If that's all you know, if you want so to they buy won't, it. They won't, you can't give it to your server in Cracker Barrel. You can't give the money to your server. You have to go stand in line. Right, you can give her the tip, but you can't pay yeah, the bill. Right, right. You right. can't pay the bill. But anyway, so well, yeah, I mean, if, you, if, if you want to buy something in the gift shop, then obviously I think you have to. Yeah. Well, I might just have there, to go to that Cracker Barrel and do that. But they got the little QR code deal on the table, and, and you, they give you your. Your bill, and then there's some number on the well, bill that you input this, and, and you can pay it right there. So Cracker Barrel is joining the 21st century. All right. All right, Jeff, have you ever thought about this? Let me give you just a simple observation about life. You ever thought about the fact that, first of all, you're just all in, no matter who you are, no matter what you do, when it comes to this thing called life, you're all in. Nobody gets to sit on the sidelines. Okay. Nobody gets out of here alive. All right. And so for lack of a better terminology here, you might as well play the game. I mean, you're in. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a simple it's a simple approach, a simple thought. But, so, but what else are you going to do? You might as well trust God and run this race. And, I mean, you might as well see where it goes. I mean, I think, that, I think there's value in just kind of seeing life as you are in this thing. You are on this planet. You don't get to sit on the sidelines. You are a part of it. You might as well trust God, see where this goes. The alternative is to do what? Like sit and stew or just sit around and resent other people? I mean, you might as well get up and see where this takes you, and only God knows where you can really go. You know, And it's not a matter of trying to figure out how God can use you. I mean, that's not the point. The point is there's more inside of you than, you re- than any of us realize and then we do have this amazing opportunity. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes me think about how so many times in Christian circles, we've kind of almost, you know, minimized this life to be almost unimportant other than, you know, if yeah. we do something that blow eternity or something like that. It's kind of like we put all the emphasis on eternity when I think there's much more emphasis in Scripture than we tend to think of, of life here and now. Of what it's yeah, like to, it's to like, enjoy life here. And when we hear phrase there again, we tend to take every phrase in the Bible and make it a burdensome religious obligation. So when Paul talks about running the race, we think, oh, well, you know, it's a drudgery. I'm going to, man, I'm going to. It's, it's just, it's just, it means just 
go somewhere in life. Mm-hmm. Do you know? Embrace life, and you know it's it's more than just. We need to see life as more than the. It's an opportunity, not just well. I'm just going to sit here and let it happen to me, but see where this goes. See where God can take you. See where you know. And, and I believe too. I, I think a, a God give me a revelation on the verse in Ephesians two. I've talked about this several times on the podcast. Where it says, you know, you're being saved by grace through faith, not of your works, unless he man should boast. For your God's workmanship creating Christ Jesus to do good works. The good works are works that are good for us. We think of the way as the good we do for other people. Well, it just may be a good plan for you, a good destiny for you, a good um, journey for you. And technically, it doesn't say we do those good works. It right. says the good works to walk in them. Right, you walk so that in would, them. that would support yeah. what you're saying. So. And it's not a sit around. Even though, you know, we're so rightfully so, focused on grace in the sense that we rest in God, we rest in what God, Christ has done for us, but you still don't sit on a couch like a grace potato mm-hmm. and just, you know, you still you still embrace life, yeah, and you still do things in life. You just don't do things to, to please God. That's already been taken care of. You don't do things to earn anything from God, but you do get to embrace life in a proactive way. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. John 10, 10, I, Jesus said, Let's see if I remember this right, Roger. I came that you might have life and that you would just kind of survive until you die. Is that, let's see, was that, am I missing that? Did you see? Yeah, you missed it, Jeff, yeah. So I yeah. came that you might have, oh, I remember now. I came that you might have life and have it abundantly. abundantly yeah. So what does he mean by that? Well, uh, I don't know, but it's something more than just sitting yeah. around waiting to go to heaven. And it's something more than just sitting around being resentful or feeling like I've got to be used by God. Um more than just okay, I got to do some kind of work, or I just got to I got to build the kingdom. Uh, I mean, we really, we just see everything in terms of what do I got to do for God? What what's He want me to do? And, and that's I where think, that's, that's where the enemy is twisting the I, good news of the gospel. And I think that really uh, perverts the whole idea that God is our Father; we are His kids. No father we know thinks like that towards their kids. You know, if you're mm. a good father, that's not the way you treat your kids. There are a lot of things that can be clarified by if you just remember that analogy of a father with a little child. And I think that, that analogy is crystal clear in the New Testament. That that's the way it's supposed to work. That's probably the clearest analogy we yeah. have. That's repetitively through uh, the New Testament is that God is our Father. We are his kids. That's the way we and relate it, to him. It's in the term simple. of little children. Yeah, you little know, children. I'm a children. Just in life's an adventure. I mean, it's yeah. just like, okay, this is going to dovetail a little bit. So I'm not thought about bringing it up. This gets a little off topic. But, I mean, if you think about when you were little, going someplace with your family, going someplace with your dad or with a grandparent. We used to go on fishing trips with our grandfather when yeah. we were real little. Yeah, I mean, that memories. was an adventure, you yeah. know. And, and, boy, I mean. You know, and we still remember that. It is um, something we did, but it wasn't a burden. It was right, something that was a right. part of life. We enjoyed it. We did it. It's it's like something we walked in, but it was nothing a drudgery. I mean, we'd rather have done that than sit around doing nothing, yeah. you know, and sitting on the couch. And it probably is. It, I mean, this is a good reminder for me because really, I mean, we can we can approach every day as kind of an adventure, not yeah. kind of as it's an adventure. What, adventure. what is God's journey? You know, it was what's going to happen today. You know, Papa, what are, what are we going to do? Where are we going today? Yeah. And what you can know? we make yeah. out of this today? Not, yeah. it's not there again, not a burdensome. Oh, I got to make some, but what, what can I do to contribute, you know, in a fun way, you know, to make this day something. I mean, I want to know where all this is going to go, you know, and where, what can God do through me, you know, 
I just think we need to really embrace that. I'm just kind of, kind of mulling this whole thing over. I'll probably have more than this in podcasts in the future. But I just think we need to see life as a, a much bigger opportunity than we do. And this word we talked about last time, forgiveness of sin is the, is the front door of the front porch. You know, you never if you're worried about whether or not God yeah. has totally forgiven you, you can't do that. You yeah, can't right. like you can't that. do that. You're always worrying about, am I doing enough? Am I doing yeah. too much and all this? But when you know it was taken at the cross – and I mean, Jesus was very lighthearted in so much of it. You know, the only yeah. time he wasn't lighthearted was with the religious right. people. I think there's two ditches in this road. I think one ditch is you kind of just live your life with no thought of God. And no, you know, he's not, you're not incorporating God into anything. You just kind of, he's just out of your mind. The other ditch is everything's got to be a drudgery of doing something for God. You're never sure what to do or how much. And I think both of those. You know, or ditches, and I think in the middle is is just just living life, enjoying God, Him enjoying you. We're going to see where this goes. Yes, we're going to make mistakes. Um, yes, we're going to be blind many times to our own weaknesses and our own strengths that He's put within us, and we still see where this goes. But even the you know the person that has no thought of God, you know, you know, I'm not in their hearts and minds, but you got to believe that you know there's always something knowing at the inside of there's no meaning to this and where's it going? You know, that it's the, the older you get, the less there is to live for in that way. Whereas in Christ, you know, there's more to look forward to uh, as we get older with that. But yeah, you know, well, go ahead. Have you ever thought that some of the stuff we say to people, some of the words we use in church are really kind of, you know, trauma work, trying to traumatizing, almost kind of abusive. When you're always talking about people that what they got to sacrifice, how they have to submit, how they have to surrender, you know, those are those are beat people down over time, mm-hmm. and that's why sometimes that people, you know, outside of the Lord, even you know, appear a little happier than people who are in Christ, who are who are just trying to, you know, who've bought into the entire church world life, where it's all about, um, you know, God breaking you so He can then use you and make you. It's like, man, this is this is this is stuff that's not healthy. What we've done, you're. I mean, the the, the sad thing of it is you. You hear those terms, you, the obligations laid on you, the pressure is put on you, and then they expect you to go out and share right. the good news right. with right. others. Right. <laughs> and right. you're thinking, like share what? Well, you know, this is, you know, and, you know, if we were all honest, we probably felt that way earlier in our lives, you know. That, oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's like, you know, it's. I want you to be good. miserable like yeah. me. Well, you know, we're probably thinking, you know, I, you know if I'm honest, this is doesn't really you know the, the only good news was that okay i don't think i'm going to hell i think i'm going to heaven yeah. and so that's good news but other I'm than sure that, about that a lot of times right, you know, yeah but you know everything else is in and we i think we kind of think that we're the only ones that think like this you know then we don't you know it's, it doesn't seem like good news to me but everybody else seems happy so I, it must be something wrong with me when that's not the case i mean it's so dysfunctional really i mean it, it's we put people under these these burdens this drudgery this god's always on you for something he's always trying to figure out you should have to figure out how god wants to use you so you can go to the next step with him and you're always trying to work through these church programs and serve enough and give enough and do all this have the right attitude and you know um, manage your sin properly and do all this stuff and that's what you want to share that's first of all that's why jesus came to put us in that kind of a life and that's the good news that's what we want to share with other other people and you know no wonder we don't share that who wants to share that let let me ask you a question that and got some other stuff to share along these lines but if if someone just came to christ you know they're a brand new believer uh, you know spiritual baby and they ask you okay roger what should i be doing now what should i 
What should I be focusing on now? What would you say to them? I would be. I would say focus on what God has done for you, mm-hmm. and read the New Testament through that lens. You know, read scriptures every now and then if you want to, um, and, and but somehow just begin to. Um, get to know God based on what He has done for you, His love for you, His grace. Um, don't see anything as a matter of obligation of what you need to do. Just learn what's already true about you based on what He's done for you. Yeah, I mean, I like that. And I, what reason I bring this up is I, I wound up in a, in a little bit of a, a good conversation online, and so there was no dissension or anything like that. But um, a younger lady who's not a new Christian, but is a little bit new to grace and the new yeah. covenant and just super excited about it. And that's encouraging to see and, and, yeah. and all that. But what I kind of saw online is that a lot of different people were recommending this book or that book yeah. to her yeah. and everyone kind of, and I, and I even mentioned to her, you know, don't, don't feel obligated to read every book that people are telling oh, you to read. Oh, and yeah. I even, you know, she had our book and I even told her, I mean, feel free to set ours to the side yeah, yeah. and just, you know, just enjoy your father. Yeah. You know, just enjoy your spiritual yeah. dad. Here's my challenge there, to every so. believer now. Okay. If you particularly for not, I'm not so much talking about a new believer now. This mm-hmm. wouldn't, this would be good for them too. But let's say you've been in this thing for 10, 20 years. Here's my challenge. Take at least one year and say for this year, I'm doing nothing for God. Yeah. Just take a year off. Just take a year off just from all your it. just enjoy just enjoy the not relationship. doing nothing, not serving nothing. Now that that's a lot of her, circles. That's heresy, you know? yeah. But just take a year and just don't live under pressure that you're not living up to something. And I have friends that take a, like a scripture verse that they're trying to work on. They'll take that verse yeah. for a year or whatever. I'm thinking, let's take a let's take a verse, you know, like um, out of Hebrews where God is with through one sacrifice, He has made us perfect forever. Maybe we'll take that verse for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, but just take some time off, and I think a year is a good place to start. You might want to take more after that. It <laughs> might go so well, which is fine. But just you know, just somehow or another, reorient yourself. To the grace of God, to understand this is about what He's done for you, and just enjoy that, live in that. That you know, we put it at the end of our book, the the, um, the story from the Field of Dreams movie. You know, where the the main character at the end of the movie is just playing catch with his dad, and that meant more than anything. The whole ball field yep. had been built. He said, "Dad, you want to you want to have a catch?" Mm-hmm. And he didn't have a good relationship with his father in, yep. in real life. Now it's kind of a fantasy time where his father's come back to life. And uh, just a beautiful picture of, you know, we get worked up about so many things. And, you know, I think God just, you know, our heavenly dad wants to play catch with us. You know, I was over at um, our daughter's house the other night when the kids had a birthday. And I just love it. You know, I'm sitting there on the sofa. I love it when one of the grandkids just comes up and jumps on my lap. I don't even ask them, you know. I mean, sometimes I ask them, but sometimes they come with that. And just to hold them. I don't need them to do something for me. I don't need them to to work at something. I, I just, you know, nothing delights a father or grandfather more than just a little child just yeah. sitting in their lap. And so there, there's a, certainly a degree of that, but just back to this other conversation, you know, I, I realized kind of that, you know, we need to allow God to work in the spirit to work in people's lives individually and not expect God to work in their life the same way he worked in our life. And by that, I'm talking about a certain book or a certain preacher or a certain author, a certain conference or whatever. Okay, this is what God spoke to my heart, so he's going to speak to your heart through that as well. Well, that may or may not be true. You know, he does, you know, a lot of times this. But as I've listened to different people tell the story about grace and opening their eyes in the new covenant, everyone is different. Everyone is unique. And so 
we just trust the Holy Spirit to open people's eyes and don't assume that he's going to. Now, does that mean we never share a book with someone else? No, you know, I'm not saying that, but just so, don't overdo yeah, So the one you know? exception would be everybody does need to buy Breaking, breaking the, the Hex. Life with, yeah. with God before the God on Amazon. Religion. Yeah. 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 So. Hey, one of the things we tell you before we wrap this thing up, I was, I was reading through a bunch of scriptures about strength, God making us strong. There's a lot of stuff in the New Testament about being strong. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that kind of fascinated me. You know, if you go through this life, there's there's times when I think everybody realizes oh, I, I need a little bit of strength to go through whatever else I'm I'm, I'm doing. I love the scripture in second. Let me give you a couple of scriptures and get, you can comment on any of these as I go through them. But Paul says, "When I'm weak, then I'm strong." He says, "God is able to strengthen you." In Romans 16, according to my gospel, I mean, is that interesting that the gospel is something mm-hmm. that Paul realized strengthens him? Yeah, I like that. Um, I love it in Ephesians 3 where it says, we are strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. Something that God, in, in, in most places, this is something that God does for you. Um, you know, the famous scripture in Philippians 4 where it says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. You know, it's, it's amazing. We kind of focus on the I can do all things and forget really that it's about through him who strengthens me. Mm-hmm. The, 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 really the crust of that verse is that God strengthens us. God puts his strength okay. in us. Um, I love Colossians 1 where it says, being strengthened with all power. Being strengthened. That's something we're passive in that he does. Um, you know, it's 1 Timothy 1.12. I thank him who has given me strength. 2 Timothy 2.1. Being strengthened by his grace. In another scripture in Hebrews 13, strengthened by grace. I've got some, when you're done here, this dovetails in something I, I, I had written down here. So go couple, ahead. A couple more. I like this. First uh, Peter 4.11, serve by the strength that God supplies. I mean, if you're going to do something, if you're going to serve, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But just do it in the strength that he supplies. Uh, be strong in the Lord in the strength of his might. Ephesians 6 verse 10. And one more, we were made strong. At, they were made strong out of weakness. Talks about um Kind of the examples of faith in Hebrews 11. Made strong. There's a lot of scripture how God will make you strong. Yeah, the one of the things I like about all those is that it's the idea that he's making us strong, and it's not, and where I'm going with this is this. It dawned on me the other day, and I'm, I'm still not real sure, so give me your honest thoughts of this, but I'm, I'm beginning to wonder if the phrase Christ living through us is not the best way to describe life in Christ. I'm not sure that's even in the New Testament, the idea of Christ living through us. What we see in Galatians 2.20 is no longer I live, but yet Christ lives in me. So I think it's more living in me. So we're not empty tubes. We're not just a a channel. And so these things, yes, Christ... Christ strengthens you, right? It's, but it's the right. new you. It's not the old you. The old right. you was crucified put on the new and self. dead. Put on the new, you know, so you have a new self, a new heart, and that new heart is renewed. That you are, you are strengthened. You are renewed. And so it's the idea we live as Christ in us because, we, you know, we maybe I'm being too nitpicky on this, but the idea of Christ through me indicates I'm just soft to the side. I'm not even involved. Well, in I think you make a good point. There. Okay, I think it's a good point. I think we have subtly, I'm not sure how we've done this. I think we've subtly given people the impression, Christians the impression, that you, you know, it's you know, more the whole more of God, less of me thing. That your personality is something that's really in the way. It's in God's mm-hmm. way. That your uniqueness, your personality yeah. needs to be tamped down. And so that uh, uh, the life of Jesus comes out. And I think it's the wrong, it is the wrong way to look at it. I mean, you may think you have a good point about this that that God works through our personalities. We see in even yeah. the scripture that God used or not you, but God God joined Himself with different people's personalities. Mm-hmm. They live this life different ways. 
God has created you unique. There's no other you anywhere. You're the only you God has yep. made. And you can celebrate that and not try to deny the uniqueness that God has made you. And, you know, I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, he's made you a new creation. He made you and me the way humans were designed to be from the get-go. You know, we were designed to have Christ in us, the Spirit of God within us. We weren't designed to end up like Adam ended up with that separation. So, I mean, it's, you know, Christ in us, and that's the the hope of glory, that we live a, a new life and... But but it, but it's through and it's through our, you know, it's it's joined with his spirit is joined with our spirit. We, we yeah. still our personality is still very much a part of this. Absolutely. Our uniqueness is a part of this. Uh, we don't lose that. We're not supposed to lose that. And I think a lot of times that really gets lost. 